Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 95. Pete and Tom are going to Disney. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Matt. Yeah, I feel pretty jealous that it's not Pete, Matt, and Tom go to Disney, but I'm, I'm doing good. What's up? And Tom. How are you guys doing? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. Yeah, it hurt a little bit to leave you out of that. Well, you know what? I don't, I don't even think I got invited this time. I think y'all just don't invite me anymore. With you good know, reason. I don't I don't go that often, but <laughs> but I, I, I do think that y'all just stopped telling me a lot about these trips. I did I did think about it and mention it to you this weekend with time to spare. I mean, you theoretically could still go. He gave me three weeks notice. I, I go visit Tom this weekend, and I see it on his calendar, actually. Oh, I see you're going to Disney World. <laughs> Hey, there's there's still time. I mean, fast passes are, are wide open right now. We got room in the hotel room. There's still time. Maybe, maybe. All right. Well, t- tonight we are going to talk about this upcoming trip. We've got some stuff that's uh, that's happening that's pretty exciting that we'll hit. Tom, what what news do we have this week? Pretty light, I think, right? Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, it continue to kind of monitor. Galaxy's Edge, and we'll, we'll dive into that as I as I break it down. We'll start in Epcot. Uh, as we've mentioned in previous podcasts, you know a lot of things are closing at Epcot. So Club Cool Interventions, Mickey and Friends Character Spot, uh, Fountain of Nations are all closed and have been removed from Epcot map, and the construction walls are up there. So that's going to be a continuous, or a, uh, that's going to be the view of Epcot for a while because there's a ton of construction that's going to take place over the next couple of years. Moving over to Hollywood Studios, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, obviously. Uh, opened just recently. Uh, they have added mobile ordering. They have that offering now at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And I think you can do mobile ordering at the Milk Stand, Ronto Roasters, and Docking Bay 7 Food and Cargo. Guests will use the mobile order function in the My Disney Experience app, like we've mentioned, and you do skip the line and, and you know head directly to the mobile order pickup counter. Another thing that's, while we're on the Galaxy's Edge topic, Pete, you've been I know you've been watching the wait times. What do you think? Well, we'll get into this in a little bit, but and I think there's a couple factors that have impacted that. But yeah, not uh, not not too bad on the wait times at all so far. Yeah, it's been uh, certainly been interesting, and we we will dive deeper into Galaxy's Edge uh, here with the main topic. Moving over to Animal Kingdom, Pandora and the uh, Africa section will be closing an hour earlier than the rest of the park on September 18th, October 3rd, and October 4th. And this is something I didn't pay attention to. I'm going to be at Disney World that weekend in October. So I just need to make sure I, we weren't planning on doing Animal Kingdom, uh, either of those evenings, really. We're um, actually going to be at Animal Kingdom on that on one of those Fridays as well. Yes, you will be there. That's right. But you were planning to leave early anyway. Correct. Um, staying at Animal Kingdom, the final Festival of the Lion King show on uh, October 4th will be at 3 p.m. Uh, so just kind of, again, uh, if you're going to be at Animal Kingdom that day, keep that in mind. That show typically does run later than that, but... Uh, with with the condensed hours, uh, it sounds like they're going to pull that pull that last show up a little bit. And then Disney has updated us on the website on their official website for Primeval, Primeval World, which as you, as you know, we've I feel like for months now we've been talking about it's closed. We don't know why it continues to get pushed out and pushed out and pushed out. Well, it is now it is now updated with temporarily closed notice, which is an important change because it's the same status that Stitch's Great Escape had on the attraction page for a long time. So I would think this attraction, at one point I was for sure it would open again, but now it may never open again. I mean, it could be dead. Well, so what do you what do you put in its place? I mean, is there, what do you do here? I don't know. I mean, people seem to like it. That's the thing. You can always get a fast pass for it. I can tell you that. But I mean, I'm people- shocked that it's a fast pass though. Like, I'm still surprised that that's been a fast pass forever. Yeah, I, I don't know what... Disney's going to do there. I have no idea what happened. I mean, I, there, we didn't see any rumors of them closing this. Uh, unless, unless the Dinoland area is going to get rethemed at some point. We've talked about that. I mean, we've talked about an Indiana Jones theme or, or, or something other than Dinoland. I, I don't know. That's exactly where I was going. I knew we had talked about it in the past, but it was kind of, I don't know. It just seemed like when, when Dinoland came, it was almost like a, knee-jerk reaction to Universal Studios where they have the Jurassic Park area. 
And Universal Studios had Jurassic Park franchise, and Disney really didn't have anything except for the dinosaur ride, which was really, really cool. But it's always kind of been out of place in my mind. So I think it'd be, you know, definitely a good idea to look at creating a whole new land that fits Animal Kingdom. And they could go a couple of different routes with that. Yeah, we'll, we'll continue to monitor what takes place there. Moving over to some, I guess, more general kind of resort news. It goes, it goes, it could go both ways. Uh, for our DVC listeners out there, Wilderness Lodge is is releasing a game day lounge that it'll be coming to Wilderness Lodge. It is a reunion station game day lounge. It'll be open select Saturdays and Sundays. It must be booked in advance. It is fifty dollars per adult and thirty dollars per child. And what that gets you, you view two games: a noon game and a late afternoon game. Uh, so for college or the NFL. You get a menu of select dishes, snacks, treats, you know, wings, chili, brisket, sliders, sandwiches, you know, and, and I'm sure Disney desserts and sweet treats. You get two complimentary adult beverages per adult with your admission. So I'm sure you can get more, uh, but you, you just will have to pay for the beverages after you get two per adult. And then if you uh, are bringing in folks that are under 21, they get a Dole Whip and a Mickey bar uh, complimentary for, for, uh, for their admission. I think that's kind of cool. We talked about it before we before we went live here. You know, it's you go to Disney World and you, you don't think that you would come out to watch a football game, but I guess if you're a diehard enough fan or you're there long enough, this would be worth it. I mean, especially a DVC member that you would hope is making several trips to the parks over the course of a year. Guys, I know this is surprising, but there are people who are not as big a Disney fans as we are. And so a trip no to way. Disney World with... Yeah, I know, right? So a trip to Disney World with their families doesn't necessarily mean they're having the time of their lives. They may want this to uh, to be able to watch football. No, no, you're absolutely right. I guess some people just uh, go to Disney for the wrong reasons. Although we're going to be there during a South Carolina football game, and I, I know I'm going to watch that game somehow. I just don't know how yet. I got a battery backup pack that you don't have to use Disney, so you can use mine. It gives you eight hours. I'll, yeah. I'll FedEx it to you. <laughs> uh, the last bit of news is a new color trend. It's called Arendelle, Arendelle Aqua that'll be released this week. It's a color trend being released. Uh, obviously, it's inspired by the city of Arendelle from the movie Frozen. It is named Arendelle Aqua, uh, like I mentioned. And this new color trend collection will be released across Walt Disney World Resort on September 13th. It'll include mini ear headbands, tumblers, spirit jerseys, food, beverages, uh, and other, other things that haven't been listed. I have no idea why Disney's doing this. I don't. When does Frozen Two come out? This is the new Rose Gold. I think Frozen Two comes out like next next month. So definitely uh, will be a hit, especially once that movie comes out and that re-energizes people toward Frozen. Not that we need people. I mean, everyone still loves Frozen, but yeah. So Disney's doing a new color trend. So we'll be on the we'll be on the lookout for that. We'll actually be down at Disney World at, right shortly after this. So we'll see what what uh, the stores look like. November twenty second, Frozen Two. Put so, it on your calendar. Good, uh, good timing for Disney here on this release. So is that when I should book my calendar as well? But anyway, that's that's all I had for the news. If either of you two have anything else, feel free to jump in. Nah, nothing really. We'll we'll hit on a couple things on Galaxy's Edge and, and food and wine here shortly. Uh, but before we get into that, let's pause for just a second to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. All right, so this is going to be a little bit more freeform than, than I think is normal. We've got a couple of, couple of topics I want to hit tonight. 
regarding some things we're going to try to do on our upcoming trip, the first and really biggest thing, I guess, is, is Galaxy's Edge. Tom hit on this a little bit in the news. Galaxy's Edge is open. It's been open for a couple weeks at this point. I followed pretty closely wait times, crowd levels, that sort of thing. I mean, opening day was nuts from what I've seen. People started lining up at about 1.30 in the morning. They were walking over from Yacht and Beach Club, getting in line. There were cast members there. I think they started letting people in about 4 or 4.30, I want to say. Some, somewhere around there. Not into the land, but itself. Because I, I don't think the land opened until 6.00. But I think by 5.30 there were people in. And Tom, if, if I, I think I'm right in saying Smuggler's Run had like a four-hour wait when the land opened. Yeah, so Smuggler's Run got up over 300 minutes at one point, actually. And one thing that I don't, I don't know that Disney anticipated this, so they weren't opening the parking lot until I want to say 4.30 or 5, something like that. And the cars lined up so far that they were actually in the highway. So Disney had to open the parking and peach your spot on. People started lining up at 1.30, and the line formed into a mass mob of people by 4.30, and Disney started to have to utilize you know, the entrance area of Hollywood Studios to, to get people in. And another thing that's, that I thought was interesting, instead of you scanning in on the Mickey touchpads, they were actually individually scanning each person with the cell phone. So with the with the cast member cell phone and app, which slowed down the entrance process significantly. But I'm sure they just they were wanted to be sure who got in was supposed to be able to get in. And it was it was wild. I mean I there's there's nothing the only thing that I think I would wait that long for would be, you know, an entrance into heaven because I don't understand lining up at one thirty when you can walk into Galaxy's Edge right now. Well but and that's kind of the next point I wanted to hit is that we, we've been watching wait times over the past week and over the weekend. And I mean, crowd levels have not been, I think, where anybody anticipated at all. And I think a lot of that had to do with, with the fact that we did just have a major hurricane come through. A lot of people rescheduled. A lot of people canceled plans. Disney is not using boarding groups, which I think they anticipated having to use. The line for Smuggler's Run has not been that long. In fact, Sunday, I, I hadn't seen it get above 45 minutes all day. So I think this changes now that you know the, the imminent threat of a hurricane is gone. I, I think more people do start to come in here, but not a very strong crowd level. And, and look, Disney doesn't want there to be five-hour waits for the one ride in Galaxy's Edge, right? I think that their thought process is if, if we – if we bring this many people in, if we try to bring this many people in and everybody has to wait, everybody's just going to be upset. So I think they've done a good job having extra stuff open, having extra magic hours at all the parts, allowing people to get into to Galaxy's Edge at 6 a.m. and really spreading those crowds out rather than Pandora, I mean, was a cluster when it opened. Yeah, so I think I think the land is bigger and there's more to do. I mean, I love Pandora, but you go and there's two things to do, three things to do. And, and even walking around land, it doesn't take very long to see it all. Galaxy's Edge is significantly larger than Pandora. And, the, the you know, they have the droid. They have the lightsaber. They have multiple restaurants. They have the milk stand. I mean, there's things that, that absorb crowds. They have, you know, the free-roaming characters, which is awesome, and they interact with those. So, and, and I mean, the, while this ride is going to be – it's a great ride. It's not the, it's not the big ride that's going to be in Galaxy's Edge. And so I think that probably plays a role in it as well. I think there's, you know, people, th- there are things that people like to do in Galaxy's Edge just as much as, as riding, flying the Millennium Falcon right now. But I agree. Also with the hurricane, I do think that slowed, you know, the opening day. You know, Disney certainly wasn't going to shatter any records, uh, primarily due to the weather. And uh, the boarding groups, while they're not being utilized, they are still available and Disney can use them if they need to. So, you know, we cannot guarantee that you go to Galaxy's Edge tomorrow and Disney doesn't have the boarding groups back activated to, to where you actually have a time where you can enter Galaxy's Edge. And this is something we're going to be following very closely, obviously, because it's going to impact us directly in a couple of weeks. I mean, do you think that the crowds really hit on December 5th when Rise of the Resistance opens? That's tough. It's tough to predict because that's such a slow time for Disney normally. I, I think the the bigger issue you're going to have is the fact that 
people are going to get there in advance of the opening. So I think the other parks going to be more crowded than they normally are, just waiting for that 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 opening date. And I think that's one thing you need to everyone needs to take into account, just because it's not going to be your normal day at Disney. The days leading up, like even even Hollywood Studios might be packed. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's something that we've seen just. People have gotten in to see parts of Rise of the Resistance. Their reactions have been, you know, they've been really excited about it. Whereas I think a lot of people's reactions have been very measured to Smuggler's Run. You know, it's a it's a good ride, but it's not the be all end all. Yeah, you're flying the Millennium Falcon, but is it that exciting? So I th- I think you're right in that regard. Is in that, yeah. I mean, people are doing other things and. Look, this is a slow time of year for Disney anyway. School's just started. So that certainly has had an impact on on crowd levels, right? A, well, a school's lot of going to be out as well. Maybe December, maybe not December 5th, but you know, you're going to have school closing, you know, pretty close to that. Yeah, so I think that'll be really interesting to to see how the how the crowd levels go for uh for Galaxy's Edge once once Rise of Resistance opens and you know, again, around school holidays because it is a slow time of year. You're you're right. This September through December is is you know in years past has been the best time to go to Disney because it's been the slowest, and we really haven't seen an uptick that we would expect from people just going to Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, you know, other than opening day, where I think the parks, especially Animal Kingdom, felt Galaxy's Edge opening, it's been pretty much as you'd expect. You know, Toy Story Land. Certainly saw reduced wait times that day, but now everything's kind of balanced back out. And Galaxy's Edge is still wildly crowded, but it's not to the levels that Pandora was. And I mean, and we're judging that off wait times. We're not judging that because we're not there to see how crowded the actual area is. You know, Flight of Passage consistently has 200 plus minute waits. Still, it's a better attraction, but it's also speaks to the fact that there's less to do in Pandora than there is in Galaxy's Edge. And that's a good thing because Hollywood, we all know Hollywood Studios needs things to do. And so I'll be curious to see next week, now that that hurricane impact is gone, how crowded the parks are during this time of year. There's something else that they've done at Hollywood Studios that I know you're pretty upset about, Tom, as a result of Galaxy's Edge is, is change the fast pass tiers. This is probably why people aren't going. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen Disney do. To... to help you understand why I'm frustrated and being so critical and they deserve it. Disney world has revamped their tiered system. They have re restructured it a little bit at Hollywood studios. At one point your tier before galaxy's edge opened, your tier ones were, you know, slinky dog, toy story mania, rock and roller coaster. Those might've been it. And then your tier twos were tower of terror, star tours, alien swirling saucers, you know, th- those type attractions. Of course, all the, the shows, all that would have fallen in tier two. Well, I don't know who had the bright idea that because Galaxy Edge opened, uh, because of Galaxy Edge opening, that they need to restructure their tiers. So now everything's in tier one. I mean, all, all, anything you would want to do is in tier one. And the best thing in tier two, unless you have little ones and you want to do some of the, the Disney Junior things, the best thing in tier two is Star Tours. And you can't even fill out three fast passes because there's nothing that makes sense. And what I told Pete when I when I discovered this, I was actually planning my own fast passes and uh, booked Rock and Roller Coaster, and then went to go book Tower of Terror and realized what had happened. I don't understand why they changed it because nothing actually changed in the park as far as fast passes are concerned. You open Galaxy's Edge, yes, but but there's no fast pass that comes with it. Smugglers Run it is. That's part of the reason, too, the wait time's lower. There's no fast pass there right now. So I don't know why they did it. It is really frustrating. And I would tell you just get two fast passes or even one, just get one and then just try to get another one right after you use it because I, I don't know what you would spend your fast passes on here. No, and you're you're absolutely right. I mean, the the only tier two fast pass that's actually worth getting is and, – and Star Tours, I, I think, is going to be full. And, and it is Star Tours. Everything else, literally everything else is is a tier one. I mean, your other tier two options, you've got Beauty and the Beast, you've got Disney Junior Dance Party. Phantasmic is actually surprisingly a tier two also. You've got the Frozen Sing-Along, Indiana Jones, Muppet Vision 3D, and Voyage of the Little Mermaid. 
everything else is tier one in Hollywood studios. And when I say it's not worth the, I don't mean those attractions aren't good attractions. You don't need a fast pass to do them. Correct. You, you don't you need a fast stand, pass. You can to walk do them. right onto them. So it's, yeah. So I mean, I, I I agree. I think it's going to behoove you to only get one fast pass or or two fast passes if you can get an, an early star tours, and then see what you see where you can go from there. Right now, the way I have it is, I have, I think I still have Rock and Roller Coaster. I'm probably going to flip that to Tower of Terror, and and from there it's going to be, if I don't know, I don't even know if I'm going to ride Star Tours. I mean, I have a fast pass for it, but I may just go right into Galaxy's Edge. Because remember, at the time it was, I thought I'd have to be in a boarding group and I'd be killing time. Now I just might. And you and you may be, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the in the coming weeks? Maybe maybe it is going to get more popular. Say so yeah, a big big change at. Hollywood Studios, no real reason for it. I, I think this is I think this is stupid. I think this is a way to artificially make guests wait in line longer. You know, because nothing's changed at Hollywood Studios. There are no other rides on a fast pass system than there were before Galaxy's Edge opened. And so to change the tiers, it doesn't make sense to me at all. Totally agree. But let, let's talk about something we're all much more excited about, and not and and turn our negativity into positivity here. The Food and Wine Festival has arrived. It, all, it arrived with Galaxy's Edge's opening. Disney had them open on the same day. I think Food and Wine is going to do a record 76 days or 81, something like that. Yeah, and I'm really excited about this. We're going to be down. I think this is the first time in three or four years that I'll be down for Food and Wine. Tom, have you been since the last time we went? Not to Food and Wine, no. So, Tom, what are you most excited for at Food and Wine Let's go around? I mean, I say, I say let's dive into it. You know, I, I know we have a list of pavilions and kind of the offerings that, as you guys know, or maybe you don't. You know, Disney has a lot of stuff that will recur every year, and then sometimes they they have new booths and new food offerings that every year that you know new stuff comes out. And uh, I think we're gonna go. And now that we've done food and wine before, we're gonna have a better plan. I'm gonna do food and wine three times this year, so I'm, I hope to be a pro by the end of it. Let's let's go through the booths and what do you want to eat? What looks good to you? What uh... What do we what do we think people should get excited for? What do we think people should stay away from? I mean, it's been a while since we've gone. Not a whole lot has changed. I don't know that there's any new booths. I think there's some new food offerings, that kind of thing. But let's go through it. Active Eats number one. Tom, I know what you're going to get here. Yeah, Active Eats is is one of my. Uh, it's it's a recurring stop for me. Sometimes more than once on one day. But they have a loaded mac and cheese with bacon, cheddar cheese, peppers, green onions. It's the fixins. Uh, it's five five dollars and twenty five cent. It's really really good. And and one thing that's food and wine comes around when it starts to cool off a little bit at Disney World. So it's not that scorching heat where you can't even think about eating something hot. But Pete, I, I actually may eat this before we even get to the Mexico Pavilion. We'll just go through these alphabetically since that's how I've got to list them listed here. Africa. I've heard not great things, and this is this is a new pavilion. I think for this year is Africa. I've heard not great things about the uh, coffee barbecue beef tenderloin, the coffee rub barbecue beef tenderloin. That looked exciting to me, but I've heard not great things about it. I'm actually more excited about the uh, piri piri skewered shrimp. Yeah, so I've heard, I have heard the same thing on the barbecue. We probably heard it from the same source. And the shrimp looked pretty good. I think they have a little bit of kick to them, but I'm willing to give it a shot. I mean, outside of that, this may be one I skip. Uh, Matt, I don't know anything on this this list. Well, one of the things that's with that peri peri skewered shrimp, I love couscous, so I'd be all over that. Couscous is really good if you've never tried it before. And Tom, I have a feeling you've never tried it. Pete, have you I tried couscous? couscous? I hate it. How I do you hate it. couscous? So it's it, couscous. Couscous is pretty bland unless it's got the right seasoning or the right sauce on it. And, and what I'm kind of hoping here is that they do have some kind of sauce to put on this couscous. Well, they're going to have, it says citrus scented. So I'm imagining there's going to be some seasoning on it. It's not just going to be like. Do you, you think know. it'll be citrus scented in the in the same manner that like LaCroix is citrus flavored? Like I hope not. Somebody for, stored, for sake, somebody, stored not. <laughs> somebody stored a case of LaCroix like within a couple of feet of a strawberry once and that strawberry flavored LaCroix. I don't know. But I think what y'all definitely have to do when you're there is get that wine flight. I mean that's six fifty for a wine flight. You can't beat that. You're gonna be able to get a taste of everything there. It seems like a pretty decent deal. Now I don't know how much wine you get or what the what the sizes are. But I, I bet it's like an ounce ounce and a half, maybe two ounces. But even then, that's a good deal when you see that you know some of this wine's seven dollars a, a glass. That's a good deal. Mm-hmm. So moving on to the Alps, 
I, I, there's only one thing here that I'm, that I'm going to have to get. And that is this uh, warm raclette Swiss cheese with potatoes and baguette. What about that other what other thing they have there, Pete? How do you spell that? How do you say that word? The the tart. No, the um, cornichons. Oh, cornichons. Those are uh, pickles. Okay, they're little pickles. So, Pete, I I know you're going to try this. One thing I know is it's very important. You have to eat it. When eat it's it hot. hot. Eat it hot. Yeah, you have to eat yeah. it when it's hot. Yeah, I've I have heard that. I've I've heard it's good. But I have heard it. You, you do need to eat hot, and it's not real expensive. I feel like you get a decent amount of food for for the five dollars that you pay for this. They do have a tart here that looks pretty good too. Don't know if I'll try that. I'm, I'm already calculating what I'm going to spend at Food and Wine, and it's it's getting up there. So I'm I'm going to have to make some difficult choices. Well, moving over to the Apple Seed Orchard Wine Bar. I don't know that this is. I think we're going to skip this. This yeah, is inside. Where is this? This is in. Um, I believe it's in the Canada. Oh, it's yeah, right beside it, it is. You're right. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. This is in the Circle Vision Theater. It is. They've turned it into they've turned it into a food and wine location, and it'll be something because they're that, redoing the film. Right. I know my wife will, will want to go here when we visit for the charcuterie board. Yeah, I was gonna say you can't pass that up. And at six dollars and fifty cents, that's not bad. I mean, that's here's one thing I will say is, you know, obviously it's not gonna be a whole lot of food, but anytime you go to food and wine. You're going to get to try a lot of things that aren't really priced as Disney normally prices you know, their appetizers. This in a restaurant would be a $13, $15 appetizer. Now you're getting it for $6.50. It's probably handheld, which is fine. But, I mean, you could probably, what, take $150 and eat really, really well at Disney Food & Wine? I mean, if it depends. It depends on if you're drinking as well. Because if, well, yeah, if yeah, you yeah, are... Yeah, 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 obviously. Yeah, if, if you're eating and drinking, $150 is not going to cover... I mean, I I've got three hundred dollars ready to go. Yeah, I mean, I would I would think that you know if you're going to drink as well, but if you're just eating, yeah, maybe. But it is called food and wine, not just food. It is it is called food and wine, and the only thing that uh, that I will say on here that that looked interesting to me was the caramel apple popcorn. But ten dollars is that is that right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You you couldn't. I would never spend ten dollars on any popcorn. And I think you do get a souvenir bowl with that, but ten dollars for popcorn—that's that's more than you pay in uh, in Star Wars for the popcorn there in Galaxy's Edge. All right, well, Australia. Any, I, I I'm probably going to skip Australia. Nothing here looks like a must-have for me. I mean, the roasted lamb chop for seven seventy-five—that's not bad. Yeah, but I mean, lamb is you like so lamb hit or don't, miss. You know what I mean? No, I I like lamb, but and and as we'll we'll talk about when we get to Canada. Disney's meats are so hit or miss. I don't know if I want to get meat, lamb from Food and Wine. There you go. I, I get that. Nothing else there looks that fantastic to me, though. That 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 hurts me to say. So Belgium, nothing here is really a must-have to me. I mean, you the think of Belgium, you think good. of the waffle is going to be fantastic. <laughs> so if you're looking for something sweet, you know, get a Belgian waffle. They have a chocolate and a berry Belgian waffle at uh, at Belgium. So Pete, yeah, I think if if I had to get a you know waffle in Belgium, I'd definitely get the one with chocolate. Would you get berry or would you stick with the chocolate too? Uh, I'd, I'd I'd stick with chocolate too. I'd stick with stick with. Now chocolate in Brazil, too. I think there's some really good stuff. Yeah, the the cheese bread, I've I've heard is fantastic. Although a little overpriced for what you get, I think it's two pieces of bread and and for four fifty that that is a little overpriced. See, I do think though, if you were gonna like be drinking around the world while you're doing this, which I assume you guys will be doing. Um, that Brazilian seafood stew with scallops, shrimp, and white fish and rice. I think that'd be an excellent thing to eat if you are partaking around the world as well. I don't know. There's something, something to me about being in the hot sun and eating fish, like fish Ugh. stew. Just, well, that sounds like not that. a pe- Well, it, it'd be it's like, like how hot milk. is it really going to be? How hot is it really going to be when you're there? 60, 75? Probably in the... No, probably, bro. It's like two weeks, probably in the nineties. Yeah, the nineties. Uh, I was thinking December for some reason. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is in a couple of weeks, so it, it's going to be in the nineties still. It's going to be pretty miserable. I don't know what Disney World Matt was going to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man. Canada, there's not a whole lot on the menu in Canada. the The fillet is on here. It's eight twenty five. I've had this fillet before. I haven't been really impressed. Everybody that I've talked to says it's really, really hit or miss. Either you get a really, really good fillet or you get a really, really bad fillet. Well, I mean, think about it, guys. Like, they're trying to cook as many of these things as they can as quickly as they can or as efficiently as they can. And, 
you know, it's not like you're going to Le Cellier and actually getting a steak. You're getting a steak cooked very quickly so they can turn things, turn this over very, very quickly. And I think that's probably why it's hit or miss, Pete. What is good, though, is is the cheddar and bacon soup with the pretzel roll. You, you've got to get this. You can't, you can't beat this. Well, Pete, maybe what we do is I, I'll get the filet, you get that, and then we'll uh, maybe maybe swap. Compare and, compare and contrast. Yeah. The, cheese you know, Studio, anything there? No, the, the Cheese Studio doesn't do much for me personally. There is a maybe, maybe the maple bourbon cheesecake, maybe. I mean, I know, I know you like to partake in bourbon, so and I love cheesecake, so it's a win-win. It would be a win-win, and it's and it's four fifty, so it's affordable. But the, the big, uh, was, it has pecan crunch on it. That yeah, yeah. The nuts are not good for you. One of the things that I'm interested in though is in China. Like, I've never done China food and wine, but I'm just like curious how good it is because incredible. I love chicken dumplings. Like, if I can get chicken dumplings like authentic, that'd be fantastic. I, I'm more excited about this bao bun, and and they they used to have something else with a bao bun. It was it was just chicken, right? I thought it was some kind of pulled pork or barbecue, but I could be wrong. Was, I can't remember. It's it's been a while, like like I said, but I mean, bao buns are hard to beat. I will 100% order the chicken dumplings, the bao bun, the black pepper shrimp, and the uh, the spring rolls. So I mean, so you're going like you're going like thirty dollars in. China. I mean, that's that's the oh, entire menu, Tom. And, and a tipsy ducks in love. Plus so the tipsy yeah. ducks in love. So you're you're fifty dollars in in China. China China's gonna be where I eat. That's in my lunch. Mm-hmm. I respect that. I respect that. Chocolate studio. Anything there? I, I'm interested in this uh, liquid nitro chocolate almond truffle. Yeah, I bet it's fantastic. I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna pass the five twenty five though, Pete. Five twenty five. That's kind of expensive for dessert. When you're it's eating gonna be everything a, else, like yeah, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a game time decision for me. I was just the guy that said you can take one hundred and fifty dollars and eat everything you want, and now I'm saying, eh, don't eh, five twenty five is kind of expensive on that truffle. Well, it's funny because I can see something on on these menus on and every country's menu just about that I'd like to eat. Oh yeah, it's good food. All right, so are we going to skip past Coastal Eats and the Donut Box? Maybe the Donut Box. Maybe the Donut Box. I think we can skip Earth Eats, too. If, if you guys are interested in eating Impossible Burgers, they do have them at Earth Eats. You can get an Impossible Slider or an Impossible Cottage Pie. I'm not interested in fake meat, so. I've only had one Impossible Burger in my life, and I was in Asheville for it. And it was actually not bad. Like, I'm not going to go, like, pick it on the menu again. But it was not bad. It was it was only Impossible Burgers. If, if you've ever been to Asheville, you know what I'm talking about. Like you sometimes, like there's just some restaurants that you can't eat what you want. But the Impossible Burger was not bad. Yeah, I'm just not interested in paying more than regular meat for fake meat. That just it doesn't have any uh, don't have any desire to do that. All right. So what about a flavors meal? from Fire does have something that I am pretty excited about. Actually, a couple things. Actually, pretty much everything. The uh, the Steakhouse Blended Burger. Comes with a blue cheese potato chip. Kind of excited about that. Smoked corned beef with potatoes and cheese curds. Can't go wrong with that. And then I love skirt steak. So this charred chimichurri skirt steak on a smoked corn cake. Probably going to get all three of these. I don't think anybody would fault you. That's a that's a good spread. The Steakhouse Blended Burger has definitely caught my eye. But I will have just come off of... Well, I, no, I guess no. I, it, it would be... You know, I could do this and do China still from from a layout yeah. standpoint. Yeah, I think so. But I, I don't I mean, we're just going to see. We're going to see how full I am. <laughs> we're getting to the point where someone's going to be full. Well, we'll yeah, keep in I mean, mind, it, we're it, doing it, this alphabetically right now. It, it's a different layout once you're actually there. Yeah, and you're also going to split stuff and say, hey, you know, you want half of this and I'll take half of it. I mean, maybe. I think it doesn't so, sound like Pete's going to split any of this this particular menu item. <laughs> No, and especially going into France, like France, I may spend some money in. Everything here looks looks good to me. They've got a uh, a fondue, they've got a escargot croissant, they've got a creme brulee. I I might get all three of these guys. I mean, you might want to start there. I I don't know. Have you ever had escargot? Oh, well, not not the escargot. Let's talk about the croissants. <laughs> you might want to start your day there. Escargot, I love though. It's fantastic. I have had escargot and it's fantastic. Unbelievable, it's, actually. It, it's much more of a dinner, a dinner type. I think so too. And it's, it's one of those things that 
especially being in a croissant, you will, I don't think I'll think about it as much, but we'll see. Germany? Anything in Germany? Germany doesn't do it for me, but I would not fault the people who will in our group eat in Germany because the food is really good. We did see that they have a, a seasonal offering for food and wine. Last time we went to – it was Germany, right? We had like a chocolate liqueur, Mozart chocolate liqueur, I believe it was, shot. I do believe that's correct, and it was terrible if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was It was awful. Well, they do have a pumpkin spice flavored chocolate shot now by the same by the same uh, company. So probably going to try to get Tom to eat that. I mean, by, by the time or we're in Germany, that, rather. probably won't be tough to talk me into doing that. Hawaii. Maybe the pork slider. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. But no, not, nothing else catches my eye in Hawaii. Now, changing to the, if we're staying in alphabetical order, hops and barley is going to steal. This will be another problem for me financially. because As well as everybody, I think. I think I'm going to start with two lobster rolls. And the thing about it is, both the New Brunswick slider and the carrot cake look good too. And unless they've changed substantially since since we went last this lobster roll and it's it's on it's on garlic bread i mean it's literally on a piece of garlic bread this lobster roll was probably the best thing i've ever eaten in my entire life now it's expensive it's $8.25 for this lobster roll but but i would argue that it is worth every penny that you pay for it, it it's 100% worth every penny unless it's drastically like like you mentioned unless it's drastically changed since we were last there so the lobster roll is something that I really, really want to enjoy. Like that might be worth like the price of admission for me because I've heard both of y'all talk about it and I need to go to food and wine just for this. So it's substantially different than the lobster roll that you get at Columbia Harbor House, which is still good. Don't get me wrong, but it's not, it's just not the same thing. This is served on a warm grilled piece of garlic bread. It's a, it's a big portion of, of lobster salad. And I would argue Last time we were at Food & Wine, this is probably the best thing that, that any of us ate. Yeah, this this entire menu is fantastic. I mean, even when you get down to the carrot cake and cream cheese icing, goodness gracious. <laughs> this is where you spend 35 bucks easy. Y- yes, yes, because three lobster rolls and you're already there, right? Or you're yeah. pretty close. So moving on to India, India has Indian bread, chicken, and a, and a curry. Nothing, Nothing here really does it for me. If you like Indian food, I think this is a uh, this is a win for you. I think at this point, like just like we're talking about a combination of food here, I think you have to plan to go to India and like plan when you're going to eat that because if you ever had Indian food, it can be a little spicy, it can be a little intense, and it's going to be very different than what el- whatever else you've had the entire day. I can tell you that, but I love it. Ireland, I, this this place is going to get me into trouble. I have a feeling. Starting off this Guinness Bailey's shake, if this is anything like the uh, milkshake that we had at Hollywood Studios, which was a Bailey's milkshake, I would be all over this. Yeah, and I, I think that you know anything that in Ireland for there's going to be a little a little twist here, a little something that you know really just like is very flavorful and very enjoyable. And I think you know this warm chocolate pudding with Irish cream liquor custard. Oh my gosh. Like I feel like yeah, looks, every, all, the, all the food here actually just gets you a little more drunker. Yes, this warm Irish cheddar and stout dip with brown bread, and the roasted Irish sausage with potatoes and onion gravy look look. They all look phenomenal. I think this the shake is really my uh, really going to be my go to here though. But it, but everything here does look fantastic. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna stop in the islands of the Caribbean. I'm not feeling anything here really. They have an empanada. They have a chicken lollipop. The jerk spice chicken looks pretty good. I think that looks good. I mean, I like spicy stuff, so I'd really enjoy it, but I don't know if I'd stay here very long. Then I can get red stripe anywhere. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll skip on over to Italy. I don't know that anything here in Italy is really going to be going to be worth stopping for. The, I mean, you look at the uh, you look at the chicken. It's basically chicken strips with marinara sauce, right? They've got some ravioli, which is. I mean ravioli, like you can get at any Italian restaurant. They've I think got I a cannoli, cannoli, which the cannoli would be good. Like if I'm wanting dessert, that's what I'm going to have here. I'm not going to worry about the main courses. I'm just going to that cannoli, or even that little hazelnut cake. That looks good too. The hazelnut cake does look good as well. Japan teriyaki chicken bun. I I think uh, 
I mean, me personally, I'm not a huge sushi fan. They do have a spicy tuna roll, but I think I'm all over this uh, teriyaki chicken bun. They also have a frothy ramen, which is a chilled ramen soup. Yeah, I don't know how I feel Kinda about that. Kind of interesting. I mean, somebody we'll talk we'll talk somebody into getting it. I'm sure. I will say that the teriyaki chicken bun is a must-have based on you know what I know about it. I, I think I've never had it, and I know you guys love it. I don't think I get the spicy roll though, just because I think that's where you can go to any any sushi restaurant in your hometown and get the exact same thing. Like I don't think you're really exploring the boundaries here, getting the spicy tuna roll or the spicy roll. It is tuna I, and salmon. I would agree it's a little different, that. but you know what I mean, Pete. Yeah, I mean it's a spicy tuna roll. I would agree with that. Mexico looks fun. Mexico, I mean they look like they look like typical Mexican street tacos. I mean a little <laughs> well, bit more exciting than I, I could have Mexican food every day of the week. Like I could go have a taco for lunch, dinner, seven days a week. But that's probably not where I'm going to spend my time if I'm, you know, doing this, you know, with you guys, which I might be. You might have talked me into it just with the food. A little bit more exciting than I think what you get at uh, at the at the restaurants in the Mexico Pavilion, I, I would hope, because we all know how that food is. But nothing here really stands out to me. There's, again, tostada, taco... There's a chocolate bread pudding. I may I may be on this chocolate bread pudding. I'm I'm kind of a bread pudding connoisseur, but uh, but other than that, I don't I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, my brother-in-law cooks an awesome bread pudding. I'd love to have him try that. And tell me what he thinks. But bread pudding, you can't go wrong with that. So we're leaving Mexico and we are working our way to Morocco. Yeah, Morocco. I, I'm going to try these spicy hummus fries and and the baklava probably. This looks like a big piece of baklava for for $4.50. Hummus fries are not as good of a deal at $8, but probably going to get both of these. And then with the Newark Newark strip, like I can have that anywhere. Like I'm sure there's some some great spices on this one that they really, you know, touch up pretty well, but I'm not going to get that. I think Pete's right. Like the spicy hummus fries, I think that'd be really really good, and then the chocolate baklava, like sure, I'll take that. We're going we're gonna to skip over the refreshment outpost because I've had the Nigerian meat pie. It's just okay. Nothing too special. Uh, the refreshment port does have a duck confit poutine, which I'm going to get. <laughs> it's expensive, <laughs> isn't, but I'm going to get it. Isn't that Nigerian mud or uh, the, meat, the Nigerian meat pie? Don't they offer that at the African outpost? They do, yes. Or am I making that up in my head? No, and that's where I've had it before. Was at the African Outpost. Because if I remember correctly, you and you and our our buddy on the last trip got it. That's correct. Yep, we actually had to wait for him to cook more, it, because it was a it was a relatively new item when we got it. It only been out for a week or two, and it was okay. I mean, it, it tasted like cumin. I mean that that place was in disarray that day. Remember that they had none really, of the frozen really drinks was. working either. It really was. And the lady talked me into some terrible beer. That's right. I forgot you did get a beer there. Barely. Yeah. yeah gross. So, but the refreshment port does have this duck confit poutine. They've got a Bloody Mary. What they also have is a Dole Whip and rum at the refreshment port. How many of those do you think I can get down in a day? That's going to be that's going to be a popular stop. That's 100% people are going to go for that. Dole Whip's everywhere now. Disney is really Yeah, it is, which is which is kind of disappointing. I don't like that it's everywhere. All right. Shimmering sips. I know you're interested in something here. There there's two things that that sound well, really one thing that sounds good. It's the Cheesecake Trio. If, if we have time to go buy this pavilion, I 100% get that. I love cheesecake. It's a it's a raspberry, a chocolate, and a New York-style cheesecake. I'm going to be it's, – it's bites, cheesecake bites. It's $5. I am probably going to ask them if I can sub out the raspberry for another New York-style. I, I doubt they'll let me do it, but I'm going to ask. Maybe if I make up that I'm allergic to raspberries or something, they'll do it. There you go. Yeah, nothing nothing else really exciting here. I mean, you can get mimosas and <laughs> reasonably priced mimosas, you know, $6. I don't know how big they are, but actually reasonably priced. And you, you if you would so desire, if you are that guy, you can actually get a uh, you can get a glass of Vouve or you can get a glass of uh, Dom Perignon here. I probably won't be that guy. No, probably not going to be that guy either. How Spain? About, how about the seafood salad at Spain? So, I'm I'm intrigued by this. I'm questioning, is this a cold seafood salad or a warm seafood salad? It's got to be cold, right? So, I, I don't know. There's something about cold seafood to me that, you know, you think about a long day, it's hot outside. I I don't know if cold seafood is really what I want to be eating. It's got to be cold. It, it, it's it's it, going to be cold. I mean, it looks good. 
Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm actually interested in this paella. Okay, well, maybe maybe I'll get the, the cold seafood salad and you get the uh, paella. There you go. Now, the, the charcuterie in a cone just looks gross to me. It's literally a cone full of like you know, meats and olives. They've, and- they've been doing this in a cone thing for a while, and I... I just, it falls apart. I don't, it doesn't look good. I'm not going to do it. Agreed. Thailand? You see anything in Thailand? Absolutely not. Now, Thailand's got a uh, chicken stir fry with peanut sauce, shrimp and cold noodle salad, and a red hot spicy Thai curry. Not Nothing's really my cup of tea here. Probably, probably a pass this one by. And then I think the last is the Wine and Dine Studio. You know, the one thing that's, that sticks out as a possibility is the seared scallops. Would not be surprised if someone in our group does get this, actually. It's $6.25, and it's, uh, I think, three. it comes with three scallops. Wild mushrooms, Brussels sprouts. Which- and a celery root, a truffled celery root puree, which is very intriguing to me. I've never yeah. had a celery root puree. And this is voted as the best thing at that, at that booth, so I don't know. I mean, I, somebody will get it, I think. I think so too. I think so too. Somebody adventurous, hopefully. So there's food and wine. I mean, that's in a nutshell. Hopefully, we we gave you guys a uh, a good idea of what all the offerings are, and we didn't touch on any of the drink offerings. Every one of these booths has four, five, six beers, wines, mixed drinks that that they're offering. Also, there are also some ice cream offerings and some non-alcoholic beverage offerings. And there's a lot here. So if if you're going to go to food and wine. Bring a high limit credit card, bring lots of cash. One thing I did see, and Tom, I'm sure you watched the same video I did. If it's storming and lightning and thundering, it, the the credit card machine stopped working. It's cash only. I was going to tell you that, that we need to bring like a hundred bucks in cash in case that happens for just a, a brief period. Yeah, that was crazy. Because my, right? my wife and I, I were that. perplexed because, you know, we've watched all the food and wine videos since she's she's never been. She's really excited to go in October. And so she, it was kind of her same thing. We need to make sure we have cash just in case, you know, because a, a, a thunderstorm can pop up in Central Florida any anytime, any day. And I, I feel like it rained on our last trip to Food and Wine, and and we didn't have a problem with. I thought them not weird. taking credit cards. I thought it was weird. I I, I could see them closing the booths for lightning because they are outdoor booths, but the whole credit card machine not working was just peculiar to me. And and maybe that was a one off thing. Maybe that's not the case, but it, it seemed. Very bizarre. Yeah, and and they definitely had cash only lines as well. I mean, it was it was real, but it was very bizarre. I agree. So, anything else about food and wine? I I know we're both very excited to get down there. Hopefully, Matt will uh, decide to join us. Yeah, I I definitely have a lot to think about. I think that um, depending on when the trip is, Tom's throwing different um, calendar stuff at me right now. Sometimes it's in December. Sometimes it's in September. We just don't know. I don't think he really wants me to go, to be honest. Well, you cannot go on my anniversary trip in October. We're celebrating our anniversary to touch late. You can't go on that trip. All right. I'll see you in October. Yeah, nope. That's going to be a problem. But since we're talking about the trip, I mean, I I don't know. Pete, do you want to dive in very briefly to kind of the each day, just the the initial plan? Yeah. So I I think right now the initial plan is we're all going to get there Thursday, do some various things on Thursday. I mean, I, I won't get until late, but I know you guys are planning on Hollywood Studios, Galaxy's Edge, maybe Magic Kingdom, depending on who you're talking to. Yeah, I think Thursday night we're going to try and sneak over to, to Galaxy's Edge and see see what the crowd looks like, you know, 6 or 7 p.m. at night, just for a couple hours. If if the if the crowd looks terrible, maybe we go to Magic Kingdom. I, I don't know. You know, it's certainly... That's the beauty of having an annual pass. You can just kind of decide then and there and hop over to another park if you need to. So uh, then Friday, I'm actually not going to go into the parks Friday, but Pete will be going into the parks. He's going to he's going to do Animal Kingdom with uh, and I'm going to try to blitz. I'm going to try to blitz through Animal Kingdom in about five hours. I think is the plan. With a party of two, I think you're going to be able to do that. I am considering coming over to eat lunch at Animal Kingdom at Satuli. Yeah, I mean you can't miss Satuli, and then we'll do. Uh... Trader Sam's after Animal Kingdom for a couple hours and then scoot on over to Not So Scary at Magic Kingdom for Friday night. Saturday is the big day at Epcot, food and wine, all day at Epcot. Right now, we've got an Ohana reservation for Saturday night. Now, whether or not we make that, I I don't know. I think we're all going to be pretty full from from food and wine, so I doubt that's going to happen. But we do have a late, 
I mean, it's like 10 o'clock reservation for uh, for Ohana for Saturday night. We're going to be stuffed, man. And then Sunday, I think uh, I'm going to get up at 5 and go into Galaxy's Edge at 6. I don't know about the rest of you, which, what your plans are, but uh, my plan is to, to get there at 6, do Galaxy's Edge, finish out at Hollywood Studios on Sunday, and then uh, we're all going to go our separate ways Sunday. I think I think my my Galaxy's Edge participation will it hinges on what happens Thursday. If I can get in and do what I want Thursday, then I probably will just hit the road on Sunday because Pete Pete will be flying back. I'm going to be driving. But if if I can't Thursday night accomplish what needs to be accomplished at Galaxy's Edge, I may be part of the uh, early morning crew and then probably fall asleep trying to drive home later in the day. But yeah, that's basically the trip in a nutshell. And and as uh, as all of you know, you have to be ready for your plans to completely not go as expected. So we're uh. We can't wait to do a recap of the trip afterward. Yes, sir. Anything else? Matt, you ready to come uh, sign up yet? I think I'm going to have to do that. It sounds like a lot of fun. All right. Well, Tom, what do we got for trivia and secret for the week? So, secret of the night. Did you know that Kraft was actually the original sponsor for The Land in Epcot when it first opened? Today, you do not have a sponsor there. Uh, Disney has done away with the sponsorship that was at The Land, but uh, for you that or maybe a little bit younger, you probably remember seeing Nestle as a sponsor. And I always think it's interesting to see who Disney lines with for these things. And it's always, maybe maybe we'll do a breakdown of all the sponsors and what happened when Disney got rid of them. But uh, Disney went from Kraft to Nestle to no sponsor of the Land Pavilion. And I felt like it was appropriate to mention because there's tons of changes going on at Epcot and maybe we'll see additional sponsors pop up here in the near future. Uh, going to the trivia question of last week. Uh, what was the last attraction that Walt Disney personally had a say in designing? It was technically Disneyland's Pirates of the Caribbean, which inspired Disney World's Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, so that that's this is a kind of a stretch secret. Uh, but Walt, you know, passed away obviously before Walt Disney World was open. Uh, but Pirates of the Caribbean was the last attraction that he had his had his hands and say so in. So that that's uh, that's why it's such a special attraction. And I think when the changes occurred at Walt Disney World, that's why it was such a big deal because you're kind of touching, I don't know, a legendary attraction. We still want the redhead. We we we, we, we love the red the redhead. Yes. We wish it would go back to the, the way it was, kind of like we wish the Great Mover Ride would come back, I guess. But anyway, moving to the trivia question of this week: uh, How many branches are on the Swiss Family Treehouse in Walt Disney World? I know we talk about how this is a boring attraction, and is it? An, I don't know what is it. Is it worth it? Not worth it? Um, but that's why I think it makes for a fun trivia question. And I will tell you, Pete's guess was like 22 or something. It's much more than that. That was a terrible, terrible guess. I think I guessed 12. So it, it is how many branches are on the Swiss Family Treehouse in Walt Disney World? You can tweet us at WDW Podcast or email us at MendoWDW at gmail.com with your guesses. And we look forward to uh, everyone participating. For the record, Peter said like 27 branches on the tree. Yikes. I think there's more than that. There's there's like 27 rooms, Pete. All right, anything else for this week? I don't think so. I think that's it. All right, well, that's all we have time for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at WW Podcast. If you have any suggestions, please tweet us or email us at mendoww at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week. <laughs>